Whoa, hey, it is Cool Guy Lou and Friday on this podcast. Cool Guy Lou, if you want to introduce yourself and, you know, tell the people what they want to hear, like, where are you from, what you do on Start Playing Games, and what you do professionally in your life. Hello, I'm uh, Lou, the alleged cool guy, uh, and yes, uh Currently, just shifted on over doing full-time uh, GMing, which is which is great uh, on the East Coast. And you know, it's something which I'm sure a lot of other GMs have. Uh, you know, people have run games for uh, you know a number of years or, or just a long time. Something you know, it's a dream, and making it reality is always a good always a good thing. Cool, cool. And um, um, yeah, go ahead. And yeah, um, I'm also a trained graphic designer. Uh, I uh, went to school for illustration and fine art, uh, but they I have taken that away, uh, or at least <laughs> a lot of illustration stuff. But um, with each with each each passing month, I feel. Uh, but yeah, no, I do mostly uh, graphic design and uh, a lot of. GMing stuff, nerd stuff, but what else is new, right? All right, let's pivot to AI art. We're talking about it. Let's do it. Oh, what no, have I'm... you? Are you are you, you don't want to talk about it? That's fine. No, it's totally fine. It's just okay. I, I I have I have opinions. Uh, no, opinions so are great. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk about your opinions <laughs> as an artist, as a graphic designer. How has AI affected you personally? You know. Um, Maybe it's because, you know, I don't uh, have a, uh, well, for one, obviously, it's taken work away from me. Um, right. Put, uh, put it out there flat out, um, which, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, as it were, uh, where, it, you know, <clears throat> I know, I understand it gives people a chance to visually kind of communicate things through through AI art. Uh, if they're not trained or they don't have a budget uh, or, you know, whatever the reasoning. Um, <clears throat> but it also, obviously, it, what I feel, vastly cheapens um, the, uh, the craft. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I, a thing that I'd always uh, get was uh, they'd see some of my work and they'd be like, oh, Looks like it took you 10 minutes or so. You know, it looks like it took you an hour. Or so. I'm like, yep. And I went <laughs> to school for 10 years to make it seem that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, or maybe my work's not a good example, but like other illustrators mm -hmm. uh, that are, their line work is, is very fluid and very quick and very, like it looks effortless. Yeah, because, right. Because they've had years of, uh, you know, making it right. look like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson makes, Punching people in the face look easy. Yeah, However, that's easy. I should go to the gym, man. I should start. Okay. All right. Yeah, anybody could be Mike Tyson and punch like him, right? But yeah. what cracks me up is, like, people who um, uh, see, like, recent videos of, like, and, of course, he did that comeback fight, um, which was an exhibition with one of his old uh, rivals, uh, Holyfield. And mm -hmm. what cracks me up is, like, the people who are, you know, seeing him, like, 
small videos of him like actually like doing shadow boxing and stuff and they're like holy shit well yeah he's been he had been doing it for 40 fucking years like like, oh, you still that got it. Just, yeah, well, yeah. What do you mean? You still got even it. If, yeah, even if it had deteriorated for the last 20 years, he's still got 40 years of experience. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, that was, that's crazy. But, you know, like, I, I would see, uh, you know, little articles here and there. Um, and, of course, you know, Twitter is a little bit of a a mess, a hot mess. Uh, concerning oh, I this. know it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I'd see art competitions now where there's solely AI art. I'm like, okay, all right, okay, that's that's a line. Like, let's not go. And then I'd see other AI art, artists would, like, win uh, a prize where there's actual human artists, I guess. I'm like, all right, <clears throat> all, right, let's, all right, let's 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 reel it back here. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are... And then, you know, I'll see other artists that are taking it uh, as a tool approach, AI as a tool approach, which is, I'm in that camp. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, it's a brush. You know, it's a tool that you use. Um, but, you know, you have to get, you need time to get, like, good with it, right? Just like you needed time to get good with a brush, a uh, pencil, or any software that you use, right? Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, it's funny too because some of my fine art looks like <laughs> ai generated um i could i could show you later i was actually i was rearranging rearranging some of my my older paintings and i'm like this looks like an ai did it i'm like well that's why i uh that's yeah. why i don't like ai that much yeah all ais are modeled after your personal work. obviously, obviously yeah, yeah yeah and this is actually, in full disclosure, something that I recently, I will say that I, quote, quote unquote, got in trouble for with my art director because I was like, you know, I've been following this AI artist who's like doing some really cool stuff and is combining photography and uh, art in such a way that it makes it seem really cool. And they claim to only be using public domain art. So, okay, nobody's getting her in the process, sure. Um, and then... I received a very educational um, amount of a reply from my art director. I was like, okay, we can't work that with that person, unfortunately. Okay, got it. Uh, that's that's un- why they're an art director. Yeah, because they Yeah, know. exactly. Like, I, I'm not going to hire someone to be an art director and then be like, you don't know what you're talking about, art director. This is art. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, this is art. Um, but, you know, I, uh, part of me, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's like a, it's probably a little bit of a pride thing, maybe. But then again, like, you you spend 10 years working on something, and then, you know, it diminishes in, in value by, not really by the people that matter. Like, the people that matter, it, it, the value doesn't diminish yet. Right. Uh, so AI gets good enough, um, you know, eventually it will. But... Um, you know, people that when I say the people that matter are like people that pay you, right? People that people that have an art education and and they know a visual language. You know, they're very fluent in that. Um, right. Those people that aren't, you know, maybe they they're like, oh, I like Monet, I like Van Gogh. I'm like, okay. So does a couple mil. Uh, a lot of people do. Uh, yeah. Those are, but you know. Can, this might be a little bit of the pride showing, right? Uh, but it's or 
Mucha, you know? Yeah, yeah. As you as you can see, but not my podcast audience. I yeah. always get, or if you look <laughs> at my selfies on Twitter, you always see, like, yeah. when I take it from my desk, you see the Alfonso mm-hmm. Mucha uh, painting, tapestry mm-hmm. that I have hanging up. But mm-hmm. um, I always thought about this, and I've seen this uh, talked about by other members on in in the community about tabletop role playing and like AI art because like right now the rates are like criminal even for artists and like writers and everybody and mm-hmm. if you start using AI artists like it's not very long before the AI comes for your job too you know what i mean and if you don't stand with the artists right now like you know what i mean like it's it's one of those Mm-hmm. political uh things that you if you side with labor then theoretically you always win i don't fear and this is something that i also read uh about one of our uh thinkers out there and i say r as in like the human race one of our thinkers out there who's um i can't remember the name of them but they were asked about ai and they were like i don't fear ai i fear capitalism Yep. who is using AI to take advantage of people and to make sure that other people are leveraging it for, you know, the people who are already rich rather than the artists or the whoever that is just trying to make a living wage doing something that they love, you know? So I think that's a, an important distinction and something that if we were to look at AI as simply a tool then it would be great. However, that's not the society that we live in. And we don't have universal basic income to account for like an artist's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So something like AI art does immense damage to the people and uh, that are coming up in the artist field or whatever field it might be. And I'm keeping an eye on like copywriters, like AI generated copywriting. It's terrible right now, but it's oh, not yeah. always going to be terrible. And that's something that I have worked on for years. And that's why my Twitter presence grows, because I have worked on copywriting. Like, I have worked as a writer for the last 20 years devoted to that skill set. And if I don't um, see that my job is also being threatened or my livelihood is also being threatened, then I think that's very short-sighted. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um very interesting I, like I, I always like to play devil's advocate when it comes to any kind of political issue here and there like you know i always try to think and like under, understand subjects i don't like but i don't know so like at least the argument of you know yeah like you said it's pretty short-sighted i'm just like but, but um okay all right you know that's usually my reaction yeah <laughs> But I'll, you sure so I'll so yeah, like so like uh, I'll look at DM's Guild or whatever. I'll look, hey, let's look at some new adventures. What's what's popping? What's 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 new? What's it's a new uh, th- and then I see like all this AI art, AI art cover of it. I'm like, oh no, yeah, oh no. But um, well, you know, sure. budget budget's a thing. So yeah. sure, budget is and, a thing. Well, here's the thing that I would say to people that. Uh, sort of a spouse that, hey, I'm not taking away work from an artist. Um, I would say that, well, first of all, you need to consider that you're wrong. And then secondly, 
<laughs> you need to also consider that some people at the very lower rungs of being an artist and when they're just starting out, they will take lower paying jobs because they are still working on their portfolio and they know that they're not at a professional level where they can charge a ton of money. And mm-hmm. some people genuinely, when they're first starting out, will do stuff for very cheap just because they want to be a part of a process, uh, a project. So I think that's a very disingenuous uh, argument to make if you're including AI art within your project. Um, I think that's a very disingenuous argument. And then also, mm-hmm. I would say, if you're running a project or you're the primary investor or something like that, I guess I make it look easy and we're circling back <laughs> yeah. full circle. Just make more money. It's that simple. It's that simple. Just make more money. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, whenever I look at any uh, RPG artwork product, uh, so far, you know, I've been in the scene for well over a decade at this point. Um, uh, you know, I'm 35. I started when I was about 20, you know. just You're my age, Lou? Yep. Wow. <laughs> cool. Um, Are we about to exchange astrological signs too? I just I, found that I, it's all I can I, think about right now. <laughs> I'm a. I all I understand is that I'm a Pisces. Uh, oh, so I'm okay, a Very okay. go. With, I guess I think that's right. like a go with the flow kind of. A, right. Like the most stereotypical artist sign is yeah. like Aquarius <laughs> and Pisces. Right? So I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> or I guess Gemini. A lot of artists can be Gemini, but. Yeah, it's never like you know uh, a Leo artist uh, that I know of. You know, right, else. right, right. Yeah, I um, I'm a Virgo Sun and Scorpio Moon. So uh, I was literally just on the phone with my girlfriend like 11 p.m. last night discussing mm-hmm. this because I randomly because I was talking to my Kickstarter manager and they had mentioned that their partner was a Leo because of some comment about like how they put like Leo energy on the wall. And they were like, that which is the most Leo thing for my partner to do to my apartment. And um, so I was like, I was curious about mine. So I like, uh, I texted my mom and I was like, what time was I born? And like, I, I needed to know. So then I was on the phone with my girlfriend for like, I don't know, it was like an hour. Um, and she was like reading it and she was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Wow. Yeah. And before she would even tell me, she went on for like five minutes just reading my whatever and she was like yeah so you do like a lot of projects you're a perfectionist everything that you do isn't good enough you're very critical of yourself you like to take on more than you can handle at any one time and also because you're a scorpio moon you're spicy as hell and i was like wow that's like this is weird this is actually fairly accurate to who i am (laughs) I don't like believe in astrology per se, but I think it is pretty funny and it's a fun, it's a fun, like whatever. Yeah. Um, It's, it's funny how it always seems to work. I feel like that's the usual reaction to when you're getting, getting a reading, right? You're just like, Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some truth to this. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, I, I just think it's funny. But yeah, um, apparently being a Scorpio moon, like, so I always knew that I was a Virgo because everybody knows like what their sun sign is normally. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like just when you're born, the day that you're born. But I never knew my moon sign. And then I guess that turned into like me discovering why I guess I do have really intense relationships and I need emotional like connection with people that 
I interact with and like that's just who I am and I've never really thought about that because whenever I would think about um astrology I would just think about it purely through like the sun sign it's like okay that well well that says like nothing about me um and who I am like in my daily life but like being a Scorpio moon means that I'm like super intense with people and I have like that sort of <laughs> which like, is how I am so I'm just like okay well I, I'm a believer I'm 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 halfway in. I'm halfway in now. Oh no! I was I was trying to figure out. I was just trying to figure out how do I how do I find my moon sign. I think I think I was I think it was boring. I think it was right. like a double double fish or something. Yeah, and it's was, time and location. Okay, location. Yeah. Uh, like, is it coast? Like, because I was on east coast at like four a.m. You can you can put um, it uh, in a generator by city. Oh, okay. I'll yeah, yeah. It. I'll have I'll have an answer for you uh, later. <laughs> I need yeah, to, cool. now I need to know. Yeah, my uh, yeah, but, yeah. That's uh, being an artist. I have a collection of artist friends, and they're uh-huh. all they're oh, they're all in all it. Into, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, they're super in it. Like that, uh, almost like artist stereotypes. You know, there's like a spectrum of them. You know, there's the very serious artist that you know wears a, a suit and is very serious. Um, and then just like the crystal, crystal right. drinking water, yeah. you know, like very, so yeah, uh, that's, but they're all great. I, I'm, I, I consider myself pretty darn lucky to, to have known friends for right. you know, a long time. I always think that's very, uh, I'm, I'm like, wow, cool. Yeah. My, um, my girlfriend, after like, we'd only been dating for like two weeks, tried to give me like a good luck crystal for something. And I was like, I don't believe in that. But <laughs> and I was like looking back on it, I was just like, I apologize like afterward, but I was like, yeah. you know, I don't really. I'm just sorry how I said that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, my girlfriend is totally like in that range. Like she sleeps mm-hmm. with crystals in her pillowcase. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I like parts of the aesthetics, but not like the, I guess the like the shamanistic. Right, like actual practices of of it, but like yeah, like I've scented candles <laughs> everywhere. Right. You know, I have, <laughs> I you know, I got weird crystals in the shape of pugs. You know, right? Well, of got, course, because you're a pug, proud pug owner, right? Yeah, and my pug is uh, well, he's in space right now, but he's, <laughs> he's had a. I took him to daycare because I wanted him to be tired. Darn it, I needed some work done. Right. Um, <laughs> Just something I learned fairly recently that doggy daycare is a thing. I never knew that was. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Really um, that's and, probably uh, expensive though, huh? Uh, I I know them. Oh okay okay. <laughs> I do, I do uh pet portraits, right. for some of their clients. And oh so, okay. Like, that's a little bit of the trade off. You know, right. Like, I, I very rarely bring my guy over because he's he's eight. You know, he's a little, he's a, he's pretty chill. Like he, mm-hmm. but, but then again, I'm like, all right. So, so he's, uh, he's passed out. But um, what I was mentioning before, uh, Shadows of Esteran is the RPG uh, by mm-hmm. Agate, Agate Studios, French, French okay. uh, tabletop RPG. And they, anything that they make, the art is like that, that like whatever I imagine like art for a fantasy game 
uh-huh. specifically fantasy. I don't think it translates well for sci-fi stuff. Right. But for fantasy, I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's like that's my aesthetic. We're like when I see that, I'm like, because it's all watercolor. It's all, and I okay, could okay. see the. I'm like, how? Man, where'd you guys get the budget to pay all these? Because I mean, it's right. such high quality. I could tell that it wasn't rushed or anything. Like it was every every piece is so um, just uh, so amazing. Like I'll see. You know, uh, here's my art critic hat. It's coming up. Okay, so I'll see like. D&D's, you know, some of their artwork. I'm like, okay, some of that, some of that's good. I mean, it's just digital art. You know, they yeah. just hired someone to do a quick little digital painting. Probably took, you know, um, that that's, you know, looks looks nice, looks evocative, right? Um, but some of them are like that. Yeah. I, I want, mean, to, they, I want they, you to be they, critical about my art right now, so that I've hired oh, yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send yeah, it sure. to you right now. Okay, keep talking. What I've what I've seen so far uh with the with the banshee the portrait and everything i love i love that's great because that reminds me of uh shadows of esther and stuff um oh okay okay i think because that artist that you have has very kind of loose and everything's not so tight you know like everything's not so realistic i'll get them realistically render the fingernails no it's just the brain sees the shape and they label it they understand you know that's like let your brain think you know let your brain right do the do the work right um yeah but that's again that's the skill of of an artist being able to know when when it's enough yeah like that um that's you know that's bordering on you know being overworked but in my opinion but no that's i think that's like the just the right yeah those two those just the right yeah you know, yeah. you um because you can tell it's a painting. Yeah. But like those yeah, it's almost realistic. Well, because yeah, your your artist here, they they leave those strokes in. You know, a lot of again, like D D whatever, you know, some other fantasy art, they I guess maybe that's what they're going for. Okay. Um, you know, I don't have to like everything, that's fine. But as an artist, I love seeing yeah. like when I go to museums, I go to shows. I love, I'd get real close because I want to see those brush strokes. I want to see how they were placing <laughs> down that paint. Because that's like an a artist, I want to see those brush I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, as an artist, I'm like, you know, it's like if you were a carpenter and you're inspecting, you know, I don't know, a piano that was made. Uh, and, you know, you want to see uh, a carpentry shit. I don't know, I'm not a carpenter. But, you know, as, <laughs> as a painter, you know, I want to see. Okay, you get it. You see the composition. You see the how, how the light is working. That's probably where. Then you get a bit closer. Okay, you start seeing some tertiary aspects of the. Okay, cool. Get a bit closer. You seeing the. I don't want to see fingernails. You know, I want to see them brush strokes. So yeah, like that. Your artist here is a very loose. You know, and stuff like. Um, like I know you've ran some pirate Borg, um, it's from Morkborg, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The artwork from that—that's like on the other side of the spectrum, where it's like very loose and it's just all about vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about just the, it's a the trip. vibe. Of it. You know, the, it's the not... art in Pirate Borg is so like, it's it's an expression, and I think that's 
um, getting away from realistic art, I think, is important, especially in this sort of genre, especially, like, if you are looking at creating a particular type of experience. I think it's important to pick the right art style for whatever you're trying to convey in the in the tabletop game, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that... I'm sure, like, anyone that knows about Morkborg or even Pyroborg or Cyborg, you know, all the others that, that have spawned from it, you know, I mean, it's, sometimes you see an RPG product and you're just like, all right, chill out. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> Jesus, calm down, wow, oh, my God. You know, like, that's... Whenever I have that reaction to a product, I'm like, all right, I'm buying, I'm buying the shit out of this right now. Like, I, I'm, you know, like, that's, again... As the years go by, that becomes a bit more difficult to have that feeling. But, you know, like when you first, you're like, oh, my God. So, of course, Morkborg, I'm like, all right, I don't care. Like, I'm not even going to run it. <laughs> I just need it. I just, you know, I need mm-hmm. it for the vibes. Uh, but, no, the artwork that you send me here is great. Have you, um, was it just between sort of like your art director and the artist? Because I could tell it was the same artist. Right? Uh, for these two pieces? Um no, I was the art director for both of these pieces. Oh. And then the future pieces, I will not be the art director um, because we have since hired an art director. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to leverage uh, Elaine for her expertise um, in that field and like mm-hmm. make sure that they are bringing to the table like everything that they can bring to make it a AAA product rather than like me just trying. Because mm-hmm. I can try and like do a decent job based on the backs of, like, this artist being amazing by themselves. But I'm not going to get the results that Elaine's going to get. Yeah, just because, you know, some artists, they're it's just like a, what was it, like some athletes, you know? Like, sometimes they're just, they, they could just grind it out. You know, like, they're just, they're just so, like, just the raw talent and skill, you know, they're able to kind of put the team on their back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so some artists, you know, but other artists, um, you know, they need a bit more direction. Uh, you know, they need, you know. Well, especially now that we are utilizing more than one artist now, and the future pieces also need to kind of reflect that same artistic vision. So putting it all under one art director, I think, is very important for that reason because we have multiple artists coming together, and we have to. T- figure out a way to make it all look like the same theme and product. And like, it has to look all like the vineyard. So achieving that really is in Elaine's hands. And I'm just kind of there to say like, looks good. (laughs) That's good. Ship it. All right. We'll guess. Yeah. 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 Like, of course, the craft designer side of me is, is looking at these, these pieces and I'm, I'm already thinking of like, how to incorporate that into, say, a, a publication, like in, into the books, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So these are like just straight portraits that you're showing me. So usually, you know, I'm of, of the bend of just, you know, especially for the Banshee of her, of her true form here. Um, yeah. Like you got to have some splat, some very expressive marks and stroke, you know, like that. I, I'm, I know me, of course, I'm just talking about. I I I would love that because I would you know further emphasize the the oomph of oh no it's scary it's yeah it's, it's you know so 
here's what we're doing for our preview. I kind of sent you that. And by the time this drops, uh, we will probably have that out for everyone. I know that I'm emailing it to everyone on my newsletter list. Um, and that will be out here shortly. It's the Halloween preview. And that will be The Siren, uh, which is one of our NPC lieutenants written by Sarah Madsen. You might know Sarah Madsen from their work uh, in Cobalt Press or Candlekeep Mysteries. Or uh, I believe they have also worked with... I'm just going to pull it up right now before I embarrass myself. Hold on. <laughs> I see I see your graphic designer already did what I just said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. like, okay, yep, got it. Yeah, they've also worked with uh, Ghostfire Gaming. And then they were... Uh, an editor on Uncaged Goddesses, um, of course, because that uh, that one publication, of course, like just had like such a star-studded um, team. I have actually somehow managed to recruit several Uncaged Goddesses uh, contributors to the project, um, some writers, designers, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and actually, our art director is from um, Uncaged Goddesses as well, uh, and they will be doing our uh, cover art. Oh, in addition the, to being the cover artist, of course, the cover art is always in any kind of you know public. That's that's the big, very important. You know, I'm sure yeah. that you, you and the whole team, all like, oh yeah. You know, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna just... link this in the description, but like, um, because otherwise people won't know what we're talking about. But um, I'm gonna show you like the art director's, um line of work on the Beauty and the Beast um, sort of interpretation. And this is what attracted me to this art director in particular, was their ability to basically capture one person in focus and then a sprawling storytelling moment with scenery. Right, right. Because, you know, you, you're kind of drawn in, I... I... At least for me, you're drawn in by the figures. Uh, then you know you kind of linger there with all the extra yep. stuff because your brain wants to. Again, you know you see a bunch of shapes, so it goes to what it recognizes the the most, and then mm -hmm. kind of circles around trying to scan. You know, oftentimes I'll talk talk about the brain like a computer. But hey, what are you what are you what are you <laughs> gonna do? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Elaine's work on this, um, it's called uh, The Tempest and the Fire, um, Beauty and the Beast Retelling. It's just really fantastic, and I think encapsulates like the sort of feeling that I want to recreate with Undead. And I am very excited to see what they are going to be able to do uh, for the vineyard on the cover with something with this sort of style and this sort of perspective. Yeah, this is great cover material especially wraparound mm -hmm. um yeah because any any kind of environment that be those are always great um as long as it's not a art you know that, <laughs> i think that yeah. immediately cheapen everything uh but, right. you know, we you know my stance yeah 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 um but yeah pivoting to uh let's talk about what you do and start playing games and what your strategy has been how things have been going with you and your business growing um let's talk about when you started so i started uh i think it was the end of last year i think that's when i it's okay. funny um because i was just looking for a game to join and i saw someone later posting for like um i think it was like a mutant year zero game 
No, it was okay. Alien. It was an Alien game. Yeah, uh, Alien RPG. I wanted to be a player in it, and you know, I, I clicked the link, <clears throat> and I saw. I was like, wait, this isn't Roll Twenty, because I'm just used to at that time. I used to just Roll Twenty. I go to the link, and what's this start playing games thing? Oh, this game is ten bucks. Well, a session. You know, like that's like the the first hit, and the second that I'm like. Like how many? What? And then that was my discovery of the site, and I kind of had that. What? You know, like I should have been doing this ten years ago. What the heck? <laughs> um, yeah. This yeah. is a thing. Oh God! You guys uh, have been getting paid. You guys have been getting paid. <laughs> what? I've been doing. I've been putting like forty hours with the full. Are you kidding? Me? All right, sure. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, I, then I did some research, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. You know, there's like this little uh, event. I'll do some one shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll do one shot. I, I ran five one shots, um, and I just had to write and, and prep and set up five different. I'm like, ah, right, maybe that was a little, little much. Um, but right. only like really three of the five really actually got players. So I'm like, okay. And then, oh, I have to add like advertise uh, a bit, <laughs> you know, but because I'm so used to just. Posting. Yeah, and posting then, yeah, yeah, you and post then, and there's 30 people who submit to join your game, yeah. only three of which are actually good players. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, and then you know, of course, then I, you know, got to the Discord and I so did the onboarding and all that. And I yeah. noticed like everyone was, was kind of quiet, the server is pretty quiet. The, the what I like to call the good morning chat, the M chat, uh, is pretty quiet. Uh, then I see this person is Friday and starts posting some things. I'm like, <laughs> that oh. loud bitch. Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> now then, like, because I think um, you started me uh, before be, before me. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty darn sure. Or maybe I don't know. Either way, but you started pairing. And then I'm like, oh, listen. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is a good point. Because then, you know, I'm. It's things like, you know, when there's uh, an answer to a problem and you know it's right in front of you, but you're you're just not there. And then, and then it clicks, and you're like, oh wait, yeah, that does make sense. Oh wait, yeah, what what am I doing? You know, and then you know, kind of rework things, and I'm you know continually reworking things. I'm like, oh, what's Foundry? Okay, I I just fucking dove into that. Um, that's that's been great. Now, you know. Because I uh, I ran games, uh, I think, have I ever mentioned this? Back when Facebook was an actual thing. Um, but uh, there's something called the RPG Brigade, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a Facebook group. A couple thousand people. You know, it was very active. It was YouTube and Facebook, right? And there's mm-hmm. essentially a bunch of, like, vlogs of, like, tabletop RPG, people talking mm-hmm. about a variety of subjects. And so that's kind of where I, uh, yeah, I first began. Um, it was kind of that seeing the conversations and so on. Uh, kind of honed my craft from there. I did did a bunch of live plays on YouTube. They're looking back, are <clears throat> very cringy. Uh, and I'm like, ooh, you know, it's something that like you you've developed, and you look at your past work, and you're like, yikes. 
Yeah. All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> I, I think that's so naturally human too. Like I yeah. say, yikes about me last week all the time. So <laughs> that's like a part of my existence. Yeah, you think me. like, wait, uh, maybe I should have toned it down on that, or like maybe I should have did this path. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, live and learn, I guess. You know, well, what are you gonna? What? Uh, that's like a GM. That's like a GMs will know when I say like that. That little detail that you say, that little thing you say players latch on to it and they 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 keep wanting to go you know they want to keep going down that road and you're like uh okay so yeah wait, i'm gonna go on my random encounter and, try. <laughs> and uh or but now since i've you know like your yourself uh you know you do it you do it long enough you get familiar enough with the material that you just you know you can just What's your prep? Uh, I don't know, like 10, 20 minutes? It's not... I'm afraid to out myself. Um, sometimes I only prep um, 20, 30 minutes for a game. No, I'm the same. No, like I'm, yeah. it's, I'm a very loose prep. Well, what I'll do is like I'll write for a week straight and I'll just have all this content. Um. And then I forget about it. Oh no! Then I like I don't even look at it. Uh, then I just run the game. But right. the process of writing it, yes, kind of ingrained. Yeah, it is you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I I think this is most apparent in my vampire games when I prepare a plot hook, and then like the players generate so many plot hooks that I enable that I'm just like, well, six weeks later they're gonna come back to this plot hook I actually prepared. So yeah. I'll just wait <laughs> and yeah. and like they, I've got this to throw at them if they have nothing to do, but right now they're just on their own shit that I'm gonna enable and I'll figure it out. Yeah, or they get like a a bestial failure and yeah. cascades into a, a bunch of other stuff that happens. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's that's why it's a great that's why it's a great game. I loved <laughs> uh, I was a big fan of fifth edition when it came out and made yeah. made vampires feel less like superheroes and more like you know, vamps, vamp. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a rewarding system and much easier to prepare than D and D for sure. Um, yeah. I think D and D, I'm more of a location prepper, so I will prepare a location and I will yeah. prepare maybe some plot points, but I don't really prepare much else. I just prepare the stuff that I need visually to be represented on the screen, and then everything else I can work around generally. Yeah, that's. Uh... I have this I have this pretty bad habit. I'm getting better at it. But I've got this pretty bad habit where like I love making art. All right. And uh-huh. so I just I just keep making art for my games. I'm like, oh shit, I actually have to <laughs> I'm never gonna use any of this art. Oh fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just it's there if I need it. So Yeah. Um like in, in my vampire game, I I just found all these beautiful Photog- there's a photographer that did all these beautiful shots of like these worn down houses in New Orleans. I'm like, damn, it's so creepy, so evocative. These are great. And so I, you know, I spend an hour or two just doing scenes. I'm like, you know, prepping them on Foundry. I'm like, I'm never going to use these. <laughs> I'm never going to use these. <laughs> that slow realization that like you're just shoehorning your characters or your players into like that street so you can show them the art that you made yeah yeah. so so now i'm like what you know like i just have it 
if I ever do need a picture of someone's haven or like a creepy house, whatever. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, recycle, reuse. Yeah, that's kind of a for D and D for any game really. Like I, more of a visual, right? You know, I'll I'll think of like a, a skeleton, a frame, of a, an outline. I'll write stuff, and then I'm like, okay, right, now images, and then back to writing, and then back to images. You know, I kind of ping pong. A lot of times, um, you know, I'll write an initial thing for like an NPC, like, oh, this is um, this is the Prince of New Orleans, um, mm-hmm. and this is yada yada, and then I find a, a picture. Then I find the picture. I'm like, damn, I guess he talks like this now. You know, like, or I'll, I'll I just it's sometimes the picture or whatever the the imagery there are uh, is so evocative, um, and. Oh, now I gotta rewrite him. Oh, yeah. now he's now he's a southern gentleman. You know, now he's yeah. Uh, now he's this and that. Okay, and yeah. and he's also going crazy because he's he's an elder. You know, he's starting hearing voices, the right. thing. Um, and that's uh, that's what that game's about essentially. Um, there's a lot. Apparently, there's a lot, lot of elders end. in New Orleans for reasons, <clears throat> which they'll very yeah. quickly find out because they're. Eating all the neonates and everyone that's coming in because they're like, oh yeah, come on over, it's safe here. You know, all these other domains are crashing, whatever. It's safe over here. Come on over. You know, like they. <laughs> um, yeah, neonates, whatever, fledglings, no one cares if they go missing and silly go missing. Okay, yeah. so someone might start asking questions. Right. Um, but yeah, I love the idea, especially for a vampire. Uh, I love that concept of someone that is was once. In their heyday, like they're really, they're once the the ruler or whatever this and that, but now they're just the weakness. I love showing strong characters weak. I love <laughs> like a in D and D like a powerful wizard. That's actually a dragon, but you know he's just old and frail and yeah, yeah. he's an old ass. Like he's a lot of curses and he's got a lot of shit going on. And he's like, oh yeah. Yep, I'm still doing this with my life. Yep, I'm still... Um, whatever. But I, but I love writing flaws. That's definitely my... Any That's creative good. stuff, so... Yeah, that, may, that also makes characters a lot more interesting. Um, definitely to make them uh, fucked up in some way and, like, just... Or yeah. vulnerable. Um, I am curious... Love that. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, I'm really curious about... Uh, you running games in D and D as well, because we know that you run. Um, well, I know that you run, and for the audience, um, Alien, Coriolis, and sort of those sci-fi games. In addition to like mm-hmm. something fantasy adjacent, like Vampire, so more modern. Um, but D and D, what have you been doing lately? So uh, I've been sort of in the Dark Sun ditch, as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. That, and I'm kind of in the process of just. Opening up, uh, opening up a bunch of more recognizable titles, right? Um, and right. changing them uh, a lot. Stuff like, you know, Call of the Neverdeep, you know, that Fandelver. Good old Fandelver. It's yeah. like an old town. Reliable. Right? Reliable. Old, reliable, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, personally, you know, I have a Baldur's Gate uh, set in Avernus uh, thing and... Um, I have a big remix of it, and I'm so excited for it, but I just know in the back of my head, I'm like, this might not have some good traction. So, you know, I'll see. I'll, I'll develop it in, in chapters, in parts. You know, I won't 
yeah. run the whole thing and then start. No, I'll do a little, you know, the first, I'll write the first eight sessions or so. Yeah. The first, you know, the first bit. That's um, like, that's the conversation I had with someone who was brand new at SPG and they were like, yeah, I have this idea. And I was like, oh God, here we go. And <laughs> they were like, I want to combine Waterdeep with Dungeon of Mad Mage and all these other expansions that I know of so that I'm providing a totally unique experience in which someone can go in any direction and it's all mm-hmm. going to be different than what they would normally experience. And I'm like, all right, so you're going to start with Waterdeep, right? And they were like, yeah, but... And I was like, no, you're going to start with Waterdeep, right? And they were like, yeah. I was like, okay, let's keep your table for longer than three sessions running Waterdeep and then you can worry about all that other shit. Because, like, you're about to do a bunch of work for the game that might not get off the ground. You need to prep to run the game and retain your players. Because if you run into the problem where you fill this table and then the table dies within three sessions, then you're going to have to rerun that game again (laughs) anyway. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you need to, like, not overburden yourself. You need to run the game that you can in the least amount of prep while still maintaining a professional level of quality and do that. And then when it comes time to do other content, you focus on pivoting to that content with clients who are loyal to you and have already demonstrated that they're interested in returning again and again. You don't prepare six months of campaign before you even launch the table, my guy. <laughs> like that was, that, um, is... that was a mistake yeah. that I made. Um, I, and I'm definitely owning up to it with, uh, while beyond the witch light, uh, I, I mm. went through the whole campaign and I adjusted it and I made it more like Changeling the Lost from World of Darkness, you know, like yep. a bit more, you know, and then I posted it. I'm like, no, no one's joining this shit. Like, no, I had, <laughs> yeah, like, so sorry. yeah, like I had two players join and I had a, uh, uh, a friend of mine in there as well. And um played like one session and then and then they dipped they're like no i'm good i'm like uh yeah yeah this yeah might have, expectations did not that. meet yeah. reality yeah, it didn't meet it or at least yeah. the um the game itself it wasn't recognized there a lot of factors but now yeah now i know now i'm like okay now i have a <laughs> okay well, well that's for sure and that's and that's part of like and what i like to discuss with people like and how i conduct business now like, I will announce that I'm doing something three months in advance. Like, like I just told my players, I'm running Exandria Revelry Pirates in January to replace mm-hmm. all of my Saturday tables because Strahd is wrapping up, right? For, the, for that day, I have three Strahd games. And I'm like, I can do that and get people to sign up, like, tomorrow in anticipation of that game. Because not only do I have the pre-existing audience to build, like, the two or three to five players that might want to play the new game in that same time slot, but then also... I have all these other, I have this community that I can pitch these ideas to. Guess what happens when I post an idea and people don't respond positively to it? I don't fucking run the game. Yeah, so no, literally, I, that's what happened with the Cerberus Assembly. I thought like to myself, it's going to be so fucking cool to run evil wizards in Exandria and people are going to love it. Nobody wanted to play it. Yeah. So all I did was I copy pasted the Exandria Cerberus Assembly like description the pitch, I came up with a hook line and I posted my community. Not very many people were interested, so I didn't run the table. I didn't even have, like, I had interest from, like, one or two people who could play in that time slot. So I'm like, 
I just saved myself so much fucking heartache by just like posting in advance. Like, and when you get to that point with your business, yeah. then you can definitely do that. And I think your community is big enough to do that um, for you. It's good. But... Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's just on the cusp where, yeah. you know, like I'll, I'll make, so like, you know, Dragonlance is coming out. I'm not, personally, I don't know a troop, like an encyclopedia amount of, of lore, but I just know that you right. know, it was. It was like the D and D, you know. It was the right. Dragons. You ride dragons, a lot of dragons. Okay, cool. The D and D some... with all of its problems and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yikes, yeah, oh, yeah. yikes. Um, but then again, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good at because uh, I've I've been running Dark Sun for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing Spelljammer too, both of which are old retro campaign yeah. settings. You know, and, and repurposed uh, without the racism. You know, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's, we could say it. You know, everybody. That's what everybody's thinking about. Who knows what those IPs are? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, and uh, I instead like for darks and you know I, I hone more so and I and I remind the players there a lot, maybe too much, but I I let them know. I'm like, all right, because like I may you may think that I'm acting very mean towards you and no one likes you. Uh, that's because it. <laughs> Dark Sun. I like it's it's um, unfortunately that, a feature of the setting. Feature, uh, I'm, it's a feature I'm sorry, of the yeah. setting for me to abuse you. So if you're not interested in yeah. that, we cannot play this game. Like then if again, you like, like to just get shit on constantly yeah. and have every NPC trying to kill you or enslave you, then yeah, you might like yeah. Dark Sun. But if not, <laughs> then yeah. don't play that game. Some people, you know, they like the post apocalypse Apocalyptic underdog story kind of thing, mm-hmm. and that's real. That's really what I'm selling for that. Yeah, um, you know. And uh, for a spell jammer, I mean, I with usually anything I write, any can- campaigns, whatever, anything I write is usually of a mature audience. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm trying to tackle within you know lines of veils and that. So I'm trying to tackle certain certain themes and subjects and right. subjects and trying to make a space where it's you know what would your character do you know when right they, they have a uh, a partner and they get a they get a child then and then orcs raid your village and they take right. them or whatever you know like of course as a player as gms you know what they're going to do you know <laughs> right but as a player like you carefully walk them through you know the viciousness of a troll you know you right. cut off their arm and they hit you with it you know like they right they're not afraid of dying because they they don't die you know they regenerate so that right. in their psyche there's just or a monster <clears throat> they they attack you uh let's say like an alligator pops out of the water uh, okay, succeeds, attacks you, it doesn't kill you or anything, but it grabs you and then drags you into the water and death oh. rolls. Okay. Um, well. Well, uh, well. You know, like, no, it's not like a video game. It's not just going to square up and, and punch you. Like, they're going to, yeah, you know. It's going to try to win. It's going to try to kill you, you know. It's going to try so, to win, yeah. Yeah, that's always, I feel like some people are... Uh, you know, they're, they're used to. It's difficult because, especially if they've been trained that way as a player in other games, 
that anything put in front of them is going to be like something that they can overcome. And yeah. some of those settings like Dark Sun are just really not about that. Like they are more about like we're going to represent the harshness of this reality. And that's that's the way that like Barovia is set up. But everybody oh. understands it. So like something like Dark Sun um you really inherently like are set up to fail in so many ways and like your entire story is like fighting against all these oppressive tyrants yeah. um in whatever form that they come in. So that's like definitely a story that people enjoy, like you said. But like, if people don't understand that going in, like they're gonna have a bad time, pure and simple. Yeah, I like I've had some players that have come in. You know, they're like, hey, you know, you're a great GM and everything. Just this campaign setting about, you know, like they don't, yeah. you know, they didn't really know. They 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 thought it was more like Fallout, like it's right. you know, the main character. I'm like, no, Templars show up. You're dead. They don't wait until you you have your armor on. <laughs> They don't wait until they just show up, whole person, rope you, you're gone. They, they just take it. They, they have a job to do, and their job is to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, or probably enslave you, or do yeah. something bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, one of my one of my favorite uh, tactics is you know tell them that, and then I'll give them a few violent things or like things that turn to violence, but like the the players beat them, you know, because I do. Yeah. Like the root, I'm rooting for the players, you know, every, every time they're characters. I want them, give, give, build them up, just like any GM thing, right? You build them up a little bit, then uh, they'll all fuck around and find out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you keep choreographing, like this is a dragon, this is a dragon. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Dragon. Yeah, I, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a vampire, this is a vampire. Okay. Uh, well, of yeah. course. Yep. Uh, you're dead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So I do have to get to my oh, next yeah. guest, um, Lou. Thank you so much for coming on. I would love to have you back sometime, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. You know, we see each other one or two times a week anyway, so you might as well. But yeah, sure. no guilt tripping. I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, I'd, you... I'd love to go on. Yeah. Um, me, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and um, I'm going to put your links in the description of the uh the patreon post and then also if you could uh if you want to talk about anything that you're doing right now or any campaigns that you have coming up you can do so we're going to link to uh lou's socials and then if you want to hire them as a graphic designer as well i utilize lou for all of my thumbnails on start playing games i cannot recommend lou enough worth the money uh you're going to earn back the money in like the first or second session you know you just run a game and then like you've got that for all of your campaigns in that in that setting or whatever you need. So, but anyway, Lou, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, well, I got Spelljammer uh, that I'm really excited about, uh, that I'm kind of pushing. Uh, but like I mentioned before, I do have, you know, more recognizable uh, adventures, Descent into Avernus. Um, you know, do you want to, you know, feel the have that feeling the confusion of a city just disappearing and now there's all these refugees and there's there's all these other things are happening put the clues together you're going to avernus that's that's what that's what's happening um and you know other things like call or nether deep um you know do you want to experience a bit of a rivalry but play truly not just they love you hate you or they don't care about you no it's they're you know play it out like people right what what would they do uh, and so on it's usually going to be opposite of what you're doing <laughs> what you're doing obviously because uh, what is a rivalry without that 
Um, but yeah, Call of the Netherdeep, uh, Spelljammer, and Winter is coming in the form of Rhyme of the Frostbane. Uh, let's go. I uh, love the open-endedness of it. Um, and a lot of changes make it seamless, a bit more approachable, a bit more uh, worthy, uh, let's say, of my time. Uh, but hey, you know. Uh, I'm really curious. GM. Yeah, I'm really curious what you're going to do with both Avernus and Rhyme uh, visually. Uh, so if you could at some point just show me like some of your mock-ups, I'm like very curious because um, I'm sure it's great, but I don't want to... Because I played in your... So I played in your Dark Sun game and your Coriolis game, and what you mm -hmm. did visually with both of those systems are just incredible. So um, mm -hmm. I'm very, very much interested in seeing what you do with Foundry in those respects and like your your design. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm always excited about that. But then again, <laughs> I can't I can't go off on the tangent, the art making tangent, and just right. keep making. Now I gotta. Okay, let's think about it. Let's go in chapters. Let's, let's build this up a little bit. You know, yeah. like, let's not just make all this stuff and then I have all this right. stuff. Hey, also, you probably just need to open up a Patreon for all that shit that you did that people didn't I, use yeah. for a while beyond the Witchlight. <laughs> and just, yeah. like, start... Yeah, you probably just need to do that. You should do that. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely coming... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push for the end of November uh, and get that going. I have one package of ruins, a variety of ruins and and dead and foregone things um those scenes uh and i kind of want to make these packs of certain wilderness generic things and then hone it to more weirder keep okay. it weird yeah <laughs> absolutely um yeah go ahead and um send me your patreon link as well in case you know right. people listening in the future um and you've already come out with all these things then we can send them along the right path to find those yeah. things all right so yeah. we're gonna wrap up here thank you so much lou um, and thanks to anybody who considers listening. All right. Take care, y'all. Run more games. Bye.